What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff with Altcoin Buzz. Today we have Steve, good old What's Steve, <laughs> and we have Matthew on board hey. here for episode hey, three. Nice to see everybody. Here, everybody. Let's um, let's take a look here at uh, some of the line items that we're going to discuss today. We're going to talk about women in cryptocurrency and how men are responding to that uh, particular aspect of uh, involving women in this. Uh, then we also have, <laughs> yeah, that's something interesting. We also have Robinhood, the uh, popular application for stock trading. Penny stocks is what Steve loves it for, right, Steve? That's right. Yeah. Steve got me to sign up on Robinhood about three months ago, and uh, he, was, he was right on with that. So to hear that they're added uh, cryptocurrency is exciting. And we're also going to talk about the uh, discussion that just keeps lingering, which is the overall market potentially being in a bubble, things to be on the lookout for that will indicate whether or not we're getting close to that moment when the bubble, you know, uh, pops. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, some positive things like women in cryptocurrency. Now, Steve, uh, today on our social media, we posted this uh, tweet from a girl. Her name's Alexis Bonta Sos. I hope I said that right. Women, she said, women, consider crypto. Otherwise, the men are going to get all the wealth again. And what? how does that make you respond when you hear a woman saying, ladies, get into crypto now because if you don't, men are going to be holding all the wealth again. So number one, what does that tell you, like, first and foremost? The, what I take from that is that uh, when I think of investing, I, you think of the man, right? You think of the Wall Street dudes, all the movies we've seen about it. And I think that maybe she's referencing the fact that men pretty much seem to run Wall Street and uh, main, mainstream investing. And cryptocurrency is still really in infancy, even though it's a few years in. And women have a chance to come in and get equal footing at the ground level and watch it rise. So that way they can become big stakeholders in the future years. Yeah. Matthew? I have stats for you guys. Go ahead and, and uh, I'm pulling them up right now. Okay. Well, we got some we got some hardcore stats to this because I'm getting ready to do an episode on it. Yeah, some of the comments that we were getting on our Instagram were less than friendly. Um, uh, as far as uh, some of the comments that were coming in, if you guys want to check our Instagram on Allcoin Buzz, you can see uh, the things for everything from "Hey, I didn't know we were in competition." Um, they just don't understand this uh, cryptocurrency. Try explaining it to a woman. They won't get it. Uh, you know, interestingly, you know, I, I did actually have a conversation today with a woman about cryptocurrency. Okay. Um, and she's, she was telling me that she had been on the sidelines and thought about getting into it. And so she really didn't have an understanding of it. And now that you mentioned it, I didn't think anything of talking to her. I just went in. We talked for like 30 minutes. I showed her how to you know, buy her first Bitcoin when she gets home if she wanted to do that. I talked about exchanges with her and just kind of as much strategy as you can give a complete novice in 30 minutes. And I, of course, told her about Altcoin Buzz so she can start listening to our channel. But she, she approached me. So there she showed interest and said, hey, you know things about this Bitcoin? And I was like, well, yeah, like, why are you asking? And then got into it. But I'm seeing genuine interest really from both sides. Well, I yeah, think everybody I, needs to look at uh, women in as entrepreneurs because so many of the the women now in not just in the crypto space, but just in the world are really branching out and going for it in uh, being entrepreneurs. 
You know, it reminds me when I look at most of the ICOs and the teams for many of these projects, you know, because that's part of the things that I look at the team uh, along with the roadmap and the white paper. But I, I don't recall ever seeing a CEO of a blockchain project yet. Oh. Being female? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I can think of one. I know I've seen them on the team, and you sometimes wonder if it's just there for a token nod or if it's, um, you know, if, if it's by merit. Uh, we hope it's, of course, by merit, but I don't think I've seen a female CEO on an ICO either, unlike Yahoo and some of those other corporations that have those. Mm-hmm. So you have some stats for us, Matt? I am trying to pull them up. I had them right on the screen. Can't get them. I'll get them. You keep going. Okay. Yeah, so it, I think who, who that overall, anyways. right? <laughs> it, yeah, um, it's just interesting because the, the conversation actually got more heated than I thought. All I said was, uh, what are your thoughts to the, to the audience? But I said, do you agree is what I said. And um, what I was saying, do, do you agree that Alexia here uh, asking or ins- insisting that women join the cryptocurrency movement to uh, acquire some of that wealth and people just uh, took it and ran and, and, and uh, some people took it, uh, took it personal or took it offensive what she said. But I think it opens up the dialogue to um, whether or not men are really going to be receptive to, you know, sharing 50% of the market share potentially with the uh, opposite gender. Uh, so are the opposite sex, whatever you would like to call it. But yeah, it's interesting. So um, anyways, just uh, thought we'd talk about that here in the beginning, get your thoughts on it. But let's talk about this Robinhood app and um, what you like about it, Steve. So I, I've been a fan of it now for at least a year. And, um, and I got into it because trading stocks just generally is, it kind of sucks, right? And the worst part about it that's prohibitive when you don't have a large amount of capital to work with is just constantly being hit with trading fees. So if all, if all you're getting into the market with is 100 or $200 because you're trying to learn the ropes, um, and that's how I started off. I think I started off with like 250 bucks or something like that. Um, I was like, man, I've got to pay $9 and something to do a trade on Schwab. So if I want to buy a position and then, you know, I was thinking gamification and selling, th- buying things, selling them real quick. Just, you know, I, I see a lot of that um, trap in the, uh, in the uh, crypto world too, but I've kind of matured a little bit away from it and not really um, sticking to like that day trading pattern. But, you know, I learned real hard in my first like couple hours of having the Robinhood app of what a day trader was when it, when it said, Hey, one more trade, you're going to get flagged by the SEC. And I went, Whoa, there's rules on this. Um, you know, but the Rob, the Robin hood app, you know, set me in place. It not only gave me guidelines and not let me make those mistakes, or at least it said, Hey, if you make one more trade, the SEC is going to label you a pattern day trader, click here and learn more. Um, that won't apply to crypto, I suppose, unless they, you know, blanket themselves with those rules for, um, anticipation of SEC regulations. But the app is really good at keeping track of your purchase prices, your, current position and then you can dis- you can change the display of how it tells you what your position is based on what information you'd like to know. Do you like to know the current share price or do you like to know the dollar that you're up and down in your total position or you know and different factors like that and there's widgets to be installed on your phone that I haven't seen really being used in the crypto sphere with other apps. Um, and when I first heard the news I actually thought it was Cobbinhood which seems to be like the crypto direct ripoff or derivative of Robinhood. So I'm actually surprised that it's the real Robinhood app 
because I have so much trust and so much experience with that. Yeah. So I'm reading here on TechCrunch that they're saying that it'll be 14 uh, of the top coins or well, um, and set up alerts on those and 14 top crypto coins, including Litecoin and Ripple. So but just uh, starting off, set- we're going to do Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and that's going to be starting in what, February, right? Yeah, February. And I encourage all our podcast listeners go out there and sign up and get on the mailing list. Because if you go mm-hmm. to the Robinhood uh, crypto uh, Robinhood site, then you can sign up for early release. You'll get a notification in your email that they're going to light it up. It's kind of good to know that they're going to, all that volume is going to come into Bitcoin and Ethereum right away. Yeah. Some people were concerned about, you know, putting in their, their banking information there. I got that question. They said, Hey, you know, is, is this a safe application to put your uh, banking in or connect with your bank account? Because people are really concerned about doing that. Uh, I can personally, I can personally speak for myself in that and say that I've done it and I haven't had any issues. Yeah. I had that same question for my stepdad when I was walking him through signing up for Coinbase, you know, so imagine walking somebody through that's twice your age uh, or or thereabouts. And he's asking me the same questions of like, Whoa, okay. They want to know my social security number. How do I, what do I do? Well, they got to report this. Oh, they want to know my check, my routing info in my bank account number. And I said, have you ever written a check? which I knew he had. I said, your routing number and your checking account number are right there on every check you've ever written. And he goes, Oh, I'm a dumbass." You guys, <laughs> it's funny because every brokerage account you open, you have to put all that stuff. Anyway, if you open a trading yeah. account, you that's know your customer. That's yeah, the yeah, QIC, right? So and guys, here's the latest stats. I got this right off the Robin hood website. Okay. Mm-hmm. 3 million users in 2017 and a hundred billion in trading volume. So, mm-hmm. Uh, they're saying they're saying they don't plan to profit off the uh, cryptocurrency transactions at oh, least in the short yeah, term. Let me let me talk about that because I I've used them long enough. I know what they're what they do, and they don't really tell you what they do. Um, so they are they're they don't charge a trading fee, which is one of the biggest draws to them. And they sometimes also have a referral program where you can get a free share of something or a free coin of something. I imagine, but at least on stocks, it's free. Um, so you put money into the app to make your purchases. And it's the unspent money, which is considered your buying power, that they actually hold in their account and earn interest on. And yeah, that is how they, yeah. so they don't make money on trading. They hold money, they make money on uninvested money that's sitting in their account. So if you don't currently hold a position, but you have, let's say, $1,000 sitting waiting uh, as proceeds from your last sale or money you've put in from your checking account that you're ready to make a purchase on, they're earning in compounded interest on all of the uninvested money. Absolutely. It's called in the brokerage world, it's a nightly money sweep. They go and mm. put that money to work. Yeah, exactly so I've had a lot of people ask me like, oh, this can't be legit. They have to make money somehow. They are. That's, they that's how they're making it. And, and they're basically like rounding off the dollars at the end of the day, you know, because most people are only going to put money in that they're going to invest right away. But there's enough at play in there with those. How many How many members did you say used it, Matt, in 2017? Three million or something? No, 2017 stats are right here. Three million users and 100 billion in trading volume. And Steve, is this not the trading app or uh, for the stock market for the millennials? I would say so. I mean, um, I'm, I guess I've, I found out the hard way. I'm like at the edge of being a millennial. So I used to think it was a derogatory term. 
But I see yeah. everyone else using that. I don't know people that go to sign up with an Edward Jones or, or a Charles Schwab or anything like that these days or a Vanguard account. Uh, people are trusting apps. And but I, I've even seen other apps come out there that I consider to be inferior because Robinhood is just so simple and so good. I was suspicious. I was suspicious of Robinhood before I signed up straight up, but I took the, I took the leap with it. Um, I could see why someone would be suspicious about it, but I was, and um, I signed up and it, it's been cool. I mean, that's where I got my, uh, my GoPro stocks and my Twitter stock actually. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Which interesting I, based on your background, even Jeff, but I mean, you look at, uh, a kid I know that's 19 right now and he's all about it, doing it right on his phone. That's, it's not, e- not even questioned. And it's like, Hey, mm-hmm. look, I'm investing in stocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Great. So yeah, it's great that, um, and, and they have flashy interface, like these colors that they use the blue and the, the purple and the green. So, um, yeah. And, and anyway. I did see somebody in our comments um, yesterday that had said, when are we going to talk about like limit cells and limit orders and things like that? Um, speaking of which, right in Robinhood, it's sophisticated enough that you don't have to do market cells and market buys. You can set your own limit cells and limit buys um, right yep. in there, which I did when I was doing penny stock trading because I was living for the 5 to 7% gains I could make while I was like getting ready in the morning. Um, you know, I'd buy something right on the open market dip. And then I would put a immediately put a sell uh, limit sell in there, and then walk walk away, and it would sell while I was in the shower, and that's how I'd skim my money out of penny stocks. You know, so. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you and know, it, it didn't always I, work out, but it did. You know, nine times out of ten. So there's 77 million estimated millennials in the U.S. So yeah, there you go. How much do you need? Uh, how much proof 2017 you got 100 billion in trading volume in this company what's that going to do to crypto what what if right. what if 1% of these millennia of the robinhood users of the 100 billion goes into crypto it's good volume it's, it's, yeah it's definitely I, I wonder is it open it's only you said it was only open to five states right apparently initially they said i read on the reuters or on the motley fool uh report that it's going to be five states yeah. And that's just for the cryptocurrency part of it, right? The stock yeah. stuff's open to probably Ooh, yeah. the US. Yeah. Okay. But international people can't use it then? I don't guess I don't I've never figured out whether international people can trade stocks on on the uh, Robinhood app. It's never you know occurred to me before. I don't think they can. Uh okay. if I mean whatever traditional stock market rules I think are in play cuz I looking at their website, they're they're governed by everything that yep. traditional brokerages play by, they play by the rules for sure yeah you can go on their website and and they have everything listed and they're FINRA and everything's all right certified out. so let's talk about this cryptocurrency bubble uh subject uh i was recently reading the book or well i actually listened to it on audible uh by peter thiel or peter Thiel. uh if you don't know who peter Thiel is he's a uh venture capitalist who's also a co-founder of PayPal um, alongside Elon Musk, obviously, but he's also been a founding member or at some level on Facebook. And he's even been known to invest or provide capital to Vitalik. He's also taken out big bets on uh, Bitcoin allegedly, which, you know, I don't think he's given full transparency on how much Bitcoin he owns, but, uh, I read his, I'm reading his book, uh, Zero to One. It's basically a book for startups. 
I, because I have an interest in startup projects, I found that to be an interesting book for me to explore. And one of the things he was talking about in there uh, was the bubble that, that was the dot-com bubble. And he, he brought up some interesting points that I'd just like to touch on. Um, and if any of you guys who are interested, I just listened to it on Audible. That's where you, you can get it. I, to me, it doesn't matter if you do or don't, but yeah, that's where, you, where I listen to it. But he, he said that um, he has some interesting thoughts, one of which saying that competition is really unnecessary, uh, that this whole idea of uh, monopoly laws are unnecessary. Um, but the, the, the point that he kept touching on was the bubble and how the bubble is actually a good thing because it spurs innovation. So when, when there's over-exuberance, to quote Alan Greenspan, because before the dot-com bubble had popped, he said, there's over-exuberance in the market. And, and that's something that we've kind of seen here recently with uh, the December run and even the, the 2017 summer run that we had with cryptocurrency where there was this over-exuberance. So I got to evaluating his, when he wrote the book, I believe it was 2013, 2012 timeframe. I don't, don't quote me on the dates, but he, he referenced 2012 frequently in the book. Um, so it got me thinking about this bubble and how we're, we really are in the bubble, right? But it's a matter of when it will, how big the bubble will get and how big it will pop or when it pops, because everything that goes up must come down at some point, right? It's fair yeah. to say that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a likelihood, but um, it's, it's hard to say because I feel like we're at such the early stages still. I, I'm just of that belief that we're still waiting for the mainstream adoption to come at which point there probably will be a real bubble. But right now I don't think we're, we're reaching that full bubble frenzy potentials that they had in 1999 with the dot coms. No, exactly. We're, we're not even close to the middle of it. It, not even close if you look at all the market cap and the numbers and all the money. Uh, but here's, if you look at it from a micro approach, some of these project or the projects are, uh, if I really am honest with myself and what I'm seeing, overvalued. And that's what got me, because I couldn't turn away from that. As much as I wanted to say that it's okay, when I, like Tron, for example, having a $7 billion market cap, um, $6 billion market cap, wherever it's sitting right now. And not, ha they haven't really done anything. Uh, well, Jeff, does it bother you that all this money, traditional startups, okay, you take Peter Thiel, you're talking about Peter Thiel, you're talking about the payroll yep. guys and some of these guys. Did they start off with getting 200 million dropped in their lap? No, in the beginning they were hungry and they grew the mm -hmm. business because they had to and they fought and they scrapped to get venture capital to get this thing going and to keep it going. Is that, isn't that the point that he's making in that zero yeah, to probably. one? Probably, yeah. Yeah, that came out in 2014. I got it on my Audible. I listened to it. Okay. Right when it came yeah. out. It's an awesome book. You guys should go out mm -hmm. and, and snatch it up. I mean, this guy's, you know, <laughs> talk about time in tech and space. We got a lot to learn. All these, all the people that are investing of our crew, altcoin buzz and ICOs and all this would, it would do them well to listen to a guy like that. And then to take those, those sound comments that he's making and apply that to your research and looking at crypto. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say so. I, I, that's why I, when he, when he talks, he, I mean, I've seen him challenge the likes of Google head on. He went to Eric Schmidt and said straight up, yeah. Eric Schmidt, what, what are you guys doing? You guys aren't doing anything for the, uh, for the tech industry. You guys are, 
you guys just exist as this big juggernaut that's not doing anything. And he straight up said it. We looked him like right in the eye and he said, look, Google's not doing anything. You guys are, yeah. you guys are bad for tech. And I was like, whoa, no one calls out the mighty big G. <laughs> the mighty G. Yeah. And Steve, Steve and I know about that, right? Oh, yeah. We've had experience with them. Um, of all Without getting too, too deep into it. But <laughs> yeah, we, we've had colorful experience. Good, good and bad. I mean, we roll with the punches. Yeah. You know, well, we, yeah, we roll with the punches. Back to that, Steve. Do you think that's good that a, that a little startup – uh, who hasn't doesn't have a product and hasn't produced anything that they just get a hundred million dollar lotto ticket and say go for it or I mean it to me it it takes away some of their motivation to get the product to market. Yeah, what I, what I think without naming any specific projects because there's there's a lot to say things about and I know people are polarized out there in, in the fandom, um, but it it's not that great. Um, you know, you already look at these projects that are asking for $15 million and they want to make this 28 month long roadmap to deliver something of which you hope you have value. And you kind of have to second guess like, okay, there's only like eight people on this entire team of which you're confident they're going to need to hire more people and, and all that. But when did, how'd they come up, even come up with $15 million, let alone to see people pump their coin three months after they launch it or whatever the time frame may be to see it get to a hundred, hundred million or 200 million. Right. Um, those guys that were sitting on coin values are basically, unless they're underneath some sort of contract or have their coins in some sort of cold storage, they can't get to are going to be incentivized to just ditch the project because now they can just walk away and say, go hire somebody else. And this is <laughs> like, where people have to be aware of these companies. Do they have them locked up in a foundation with governance and, and somewhere where, where they can't just go and get all that, where they have to have produced the projects that I love guys are the ones that, it's in a smart contract that they don't deliver by a certain date, then those coins don't get released. So they're almost mm-hmm. creating their own uh, VC fund round of funding in the future when they deliver. So look for projects like that. Those are the good ones. I'd have so more just, faith in a project with that stipulation. Yeah, sure. that's cool. Yeah. I mean, but that doesn't take away from over exuberance in the investor <laughs> capital or in the investor side of things where you have, uh, it always de- defaults to the fan, the fanfare, where people s- start to support a coin like they support a uh, pro football team or a basketball team, um, and they become just fans of the name. I, I, I admit I invested in Tron just because I saw that was happening. I saw that the tech was decent, but um, I really, I really didn't see the the valuation being. I didn't see it being justified and that's not me trying to put down Tron or anything that, but to call a project worth, um, you know, $15 billion that really hasn't done anything um, of real power to me is overvalued. And I think we have a a lot of that really, but we have a lot of that in the market actually. Um, But I'm, I'm saying that I'm aware of it the overvaluations and um, it is concerning if you really, if you really put a shine the light on it, if you really said, is this company that hasn't done anything really worth this valuation? It, it, it definitely brings some things to the light. I'm not trying to. No, Jeff. And I thought here, if, if I could <laughs> exactly what I was going to say, it is not fear, uncertainty and doubt. 
to sit here and talk about sound business fundamentals and 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 making a profit and revenue. No way. No way at all. Especially when we're talking about the bubble. <laughs> well, and that's thrown around. So, you know, it's like we talked about the other day. I never seen so many bubble experts or tulip experts in my life. Uh, it, it's shocking how everybody seems to be so good at calling a bubble. And, you know, here's the thing too. You can, you can just sit here and call it every year for the next 10 years in certain markets. And at one point you're going to be right calling a bubble. So, you know, I oh, take, yeah. that, take that with a grain of salt, but it is, it is definitely not fear spreading fear to sit here and look at, look at these companies and find out, Hey, next year, the year after, uh, are they going to have a working product that is producing revenue? Uh, you know, uh, just just because it's relevant right now this week, we're talking about it a whole bunch. Look at Steam. They're actually producing revenue at this point. They got a working product. Yeah. They got a working economy of there. And there's several other of these projects that also have that right now. So it, Definitely the tokens, the ERC-20 tokens, um, don't have that super high valuation uh, that a lot of the coins have. So the coins have higher valuations than ERC-20 tokens or tokens in general. Yeah. And it's, it's just not bad to talk about this stuff. It doesn't mean we're down in the crypto market and mm-hmm. not in any kind of way. No, it's, it's healthy skepticism. I, yeah. I thought it was crazy in mid-December when something as simple as, a, as an official tweet from something would drive the share price or the um, coin price up 30, 40, 50% or some skyrocket price, all because the founder tweeted something because he liked the color blue or whatever. That's when you knew there was a bit of a frenzy. Um, but I, I right, that, that, Thank you. That's what I'm talking about right yeah, there. And, and that's where you're having a healthy skepticism. You're, you're applying rationality to behavior of people who are acting irrational and you're saying, wait, okay, I don't have to participate in this. I'm still going to make sound investments and I still support the space, but I will pass up those opportunities when people are going to come to me and say, look, it's up 3000%. You missed out. You didn't want to talk about it. You just don't know what you're talking about. And you got to tell yourself like, I wasn't even ready to prepare to buy it at the price it was before it went up 3000%. So I don't feel like I missed anything because I can, I can miss coins. There's 1500 of them almost now. That's I right. only get invested in 40, 50 of them because I need to be able to kind of keep up to date with them. And sometimes I even consolidate just because I'm not doing the myself any justice by following all of them um, diligently. But I think everyone who's out there trying to claim it's a bubble they feel like they're going to be right someday, just like you were saying, but they call every dip the burst and they call every like rise the bubble. They're just like misappropriating the terminology for it rather than looking at it as actually being a very emerging market of which is difficult to understand. So there's a high barrier of entry for the amount of technical knowledge and skill most people need to have to get into the space. Although I believe Robinhood will probably erase or erode a lot of that difficulty because of the, the user interface for it now that I reflect on that. But um, the moment we make it more accessible to the everyday person, the more money's going to come in, the more orders are going to be standing for buying and selling. And we'll actually start to see more stability along with the growth. Right now, it's just so um, it's so thin. The, 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 the amount of legs it's standing on are so weak and so thin because it's so new. 
uh, gives it that fragility that causes the market to fall at every little whim because somebody's having a futures contract it's, expiration date and there's Chinese New Year and all these crazy things. It's well said, Steve, about the Robinhood app because they have a working product in a model and a hundred million in trades. And so when and you don't need like, to know stocks to use it. I mean, when they light this up, when they light this up for crypto in the month, uh, yeah, that's a working economy. It's a working model right there. It's that that is an example of a project that has real world use. And guess what? The people who sign up for that, they don't even know about blockchain. They don't have they're not. Yeah. They're not going to need to know about wallet addresses. Not at all. They're not going to need to know about any of the smart contracts. You know, think about all the people that are into cryptocurrencies that do know about wallet addresses, but don't understand smart contracts, but still trade ERC 20 tokens. You know, you're, they're going to exchanges that take care of that business for you on the back end. Robinhood's going to take care of the wallet address aspect for you. Although I imagine to cash out, if you wanted to move your coins, you would need to know a wallet address to send to. But to trade from one coin to another, it's going to be no different than being on Binance or Bittrex. You just go into a market, click to sell, unless they're going to make you convert to fiat. I guess I would want to see their UI. How, how different right. from their stock it, UI? Because Coinbase, you can't exchange uh, Bitcoin to um tron right you have to you have to yeah. so you can convert your fiat to a and, bitcoin and, Robin and then on their transfer stock side, it. because it's stocks you have to go stock to fiat fiat to stock um but maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna keep it that way for the coins and not do coin to coin uh see i did I, I thought i had to uh sell my stock into the into the fiat uh, pool that I have, like my account, my trading valuation, it'll tell me how much I have in trading. And yeah, then once I trade it into, yeah, once I trade it into my buying power account, then I transfer it to my bank account. But you can, can you actually trade on Robinhood straight from, I don't know, Tesla straight to your bank account? No, right? You have, you have to cash, cash out because they, so they have to sell your contract. Um, and right. then, then you can cash out from there. And then depending on what status you are, determines how long you have to wait for your funds, what minimums you have and stuff like that. Um, Matt, now you've done a lot of options trading and stuff like that. Yes. Um, Robinhood well, also does have the ability to do leverage and stuff like that too. So you can I don't, trade on I margin. Um, yeah. So you can basically go in and say, I want to do a 20 to one or 10 to one and basically make a bet that could really bite you in the rear end real fast. If well, and I saw on their website today, they also have options trading on that platform now. Yes. So, I mean, that would be enticing to you. I never really got too much into options. Um, but the fact that there's leverage in there scares me with in stocks. It doesn't scare me. Like I don't personally do it. Jeff knows I don't like debt, but, um, it sets you up with a massive potential liability. And I wonder, and I fear for the fact that if they open leverage up to crypto, if people are going to be smart enough and responsible enough with the hype that's around the space to stay away from it or to use it responsibly. Well, I'm um, not sure, but I know, I mean, here is an example. I know a 19-year-old that's putting all his U.S. dollar in crypto to sit there in his Coinbase wallet because uh, he sees that the value of the dollar is worthless. And I don't think he has any plans to convert it back to fiat. And I wonder. Well, he's also 19, though. I mean, yeah, exactly. You can always you can always start over. But yeah. is, but there's 77 not, million of doesn't them. Doesn't have all the overhead we've got. You know? No, exactly. And there's 77 million of them though that how many does it take of, of saying in the Robinhood app to say, you know what, I've got that in there. It's grown. Why would they ever take it out in the next five to 10 years? Uh, you, that's an interesting point. Um, you know, one thing that I want to mention on this uh, podcast, have you followed the uh, Bitcoin Twitter? Do you know who manages that? I have no idea. 
My the answer at, is no, I don't know who, who managed The at Bitcoin. Um, so it's like the, the official Bitcoin. Well, it's it would appear as though it's the official Bitcoin, but it doesn't have the the verified uh, check mark that a verified account should have. But Satoshi Light, he pointed out that the person who manages that account was basically bashing Bitcoin and promoting Bitcoin cash. They said uh, payments giant Stripe discontinues Bitcoin core payments, which is the regular uh, Bitcoin we know today, BTC, uh, citing high fees and slow transactions, which we talked about actually not really being a big deal because Bitcoin has a store of value, not as an everyday payment method. But um, this person said, he, so they quoted Stripe, it's possible that Bitcoin Cash will find a way to achieve significant popularity while keeping settlement times and transaction fees very low. Yeah, they might so, use, Stripe might use one of the others. And it looks like mm-hmm. maybe Bitcoin Cash or Litecoin. For sure. Uh-huh. I'm still waiting yeah. to find out what partnership Charlie Lee was hinting at when he sold off all of his Litecoin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. I've been skeptical of whether the, uh, I'm optimistic about it, but I wonder if the contract related to the partnership was really what required him to get rid of it. And maybe he's not allowed to tell us, you know, or maybe he's just a smart dude who, you know, got out way ahead and made his money and whatever. But uh, I think there's something big brewing and it may, it may not be Stripe. I know some people are thinking Facebook early on, but it's looking like Facebook might do their own coin or their own token, but um, if they even get into it. You guys want some, I'm still holding my breath for it. Whatever Litecoin's got in the bag. You, you know? guys want some real up-to-date right now transaction from Datatrek, which I'm going to talk about this on my, uh, on my video. But Bitcoin December medium transaction fees peaked at $34. Ooh, and, nasty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, transaction fee now, 5.83. Uh, then you have Ethereum peaked at $3.14 compared to Bitcoin Cash in January, peaked at five cents, five pennies. Transaction fee now is one penny, and Litecoin peaked at a dollar forty-two. Transaction fee right now is four cents. So okay, big, but big example. On, on most exchanges, you can't exchange many. Like you can't exchange Bitcoin Cash or Litecoin. There's not marketplaces for these to exchange. So what do you? So what do you do if you want to avoid that? Do you buy in Litecoin, transfer it to Binance, then? convert it from Litecoin to Bitcoin uh, so that you can use it to buy Tron? You can or, use Eric Voorhees' product, Shapeshift. Shapeshift, that is a good yeah. uh, recommendation. And, and can you explain a little bit about Shapeshift? Shapeshift, you go from one crypto to the other without, it doesn't hold it at all on their site. So mm-hmm. there's... But there's, explain, the, explain the basic fundamental of Shapeshift so the audience gets it. So you put in one crypto on the side and and send it to your wallet address on the other side. So as long as you have wallet addresses on both sides, it'll, it'll, it'll uh, shift it for you. I've seen some others that do that. I think one's called Changely and stuff. I I haven't used them yet. Absolutely. But um, I've been curious about how, you know, how the heck does it do it? Yeah. You guys need to look up Eric Voorhees, Shapeshift, and then their prison project. Um, Good info. Yeah, get his name, look him up, follow him on Twitter, do all that. I mean, the guy has been in the space the whole time. Last name spelled V-O-R-H-E-E-S, right? Four yep. E's. There you go. Yeah, yeah, excellent to list, listen to him, listen to his interviews, look at his companies, look at what they're doing. Okay. So um, outside of that, 
This has been a very insightful uh, episode three for Altcoin Buzz. Uh, is there anything else you guys would like to tell everybody out in the audience, or um, do you want to mention any uh, big news coming up or anything that you guys are working on as far as videos go or get some attention from uh, the, the audience as far as what we have in store for them? Yeah, I'm going to make a big prediction about that Robinhood app, so be watching okay. for the videos. And then everybody, uh, the Steemit channel is going off, so get on Steemit, get your username get your private keys and get in there and join that. Uh, you know, besides YouTube right now, who else is paying for your content? Who else is out there paying you in crypto for some of the work, hard work that you guys are doing out there? If you're out there listening to podcasts, chances are you might be a, a content creator. Uh, you're, you're, you might be a, somebody with a laptop going around the world and uh, you need to be getting paid for your content. Yeah, I've, I've signed up for it recently on your guys' recommendation. I mean, I can't ignore it now. And I'm shocked that it's been out for the couple of years that it has been. And I haven't really heard it um, be mentioned. And then with that, sign up for DTube, of course, if you're into video content creation. The thing, I didn't, like about, the thing I didn't like about DTube was they, the video quality. And Steve, you yeah. know about this, was only 480. That's their hmm. max upload? Well. Yeah, I was it, just scoping it out today because I had just... I, today I literally created my own DTube account, but I didn't upload anything yet, and I was starting to scope it out. It's good, guys, um, but they're they're it's working on it. It's not as quality as YouTube, and it's not as fast, and it's hard to watch them on there. I've tried. Well, I've been on YouTube since back in the day where you used to have to like start a video and then walk away and wait for it to buffer and come back for <laughs> it. Basically, it was almost like having to download the video just to watch. <laughs> it made it was very cumbersome, you know. And then Google got involved and like really spent some money behind the server. So. I imagine DTube needs the infrastructure they will, um, probably. set up to be able to handle those higher resolution, aka bigger file and bandwidth and everything else. So It's just we can't run altcoin buzz on DTube right now. Uh, oh, we can't? Quality. No, I mean... Are, are, you know, are screencast softwares too high tech for 480? No, you could put it on there, I'm saying, <laughs> but people would be annoyed. Yeah. You know, there's oh, just, really? Yeah, you couldn't have that volume. They can't handle the volume right now. Doesn't mm. seem like it to me. I mean, it's an awesome platform and it's going there. I would say keep uploading some of our top videos onto there Absolutely. just to uh, keep kind of filling the kitty, I guess you could say. But um, like Steve's saying, you know, once once the infrastructure uh, gets stronger, it, I would anticipate more and more people to take a look at that, um, especially being that it's a blockchain project. Well, you guys were around for the early days of YouTube, don't you? Right. I mean, come on. Oh, I've been watching YouTube since before 2010. I don't know. <laughs> well I, I, before I was, 2010. I was watching it and here's how I encountered it. Um, just a quick short story on it. And I, I'll try to be quick because I'm not usually, but a friend that I worked with at the time told me about it and he said, Oh, I'm like a celebrity on YouTube. And I was like, what the heck is YouTube? Talk to me about this. He's like, Oh, you watch videos on the computer. I'm like, no, I don't think you watch videos on the computer. And so he showed oh, it to me. Awesome. Sure enough, he had a million something followers back in 2000, late 2005. Yep. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. he, then he got on CNN and all this stuff. Then he quit working. So um, <laughs> this <was> before <laughs> Google bought it, before you got paid for videos. And then, oh, by the Hollywood. way, I never saw him right. again. <laughs> so he's he works in Hollywood somewhere, like behind the camera or something like that. Of course that. he does. Uh, you know, so I got, into, I got into YouTube because he made that strong recommendation. I, and I thought everyone can make a million followers. And I was so wrong. But, uh, you know. <laughs> that, that's what it yeah. took though some success story that I, a guy sat next to me at work his name was luke johnson you can look him up he was like yeah. a, a big deal like 10 
12 years ago on YouTube. And uh, I was like, yeah, sure. You're full of baloney until, you know, Hey, I'm on CNN. Check me out. What? <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. That, well, we'll see where uh steam it and D tube end up going. But uh, like you say, I mean, it's still got a long ways to go and uh, it, not to talk about steam it too much, but th there is reason to be excited about steam it. I would suggest due to the fact that, it's revolutionary in the sense that people are getting paid for participation. Uh, whereas we didn't see that before. Yeah, for sure. Hey, the altcoin buzz podcast that you're listening to, uh, is going to in process of getting uploaded to all your favorite podcasting, uh, apps that you use that's coming. So stay tuned everyone. What, what iTunes and what else? Yeah. iTunes and all your other, if you use stitcher or downcast okay. or any of the other apps, it's going to, it's going to load to those where, we're getting that all put together, but it's coming. As of right now, we're just uploading or just posting it on Twitter. Um, so if you guys are looking to get more of these podcasts, you can consistently check on our Twitter. Yeah. Um, Altcoinbuzz.io. Uh, yep. Jalen's got them right on the website there. So you can play. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right on the website now. So they don't even have to go to Twitter. Okay. All right. Good. All right, guys, so that's, this concludes episode three, and uh, thank you to everyone for watching, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys about our podcast and our videos as we continue to build the altcoin uh, buzz community, also known as the altcoin army, as you guys like to refer to it. So we'll see you all next time. Later. Later.